Praise the Lord. It's good to be in the house of the Lord again tonight. And beautiful presence of the Lord. I don't think I'll ever understand how come we mere mortals can actually feel and know the presence of God. We can actually, you know, we can feel Him in our homes, even in our workplaces. But, you know, we come together and the Spirit of God is in our midst in a beautiful way. We can never afford to take it for granted. It's a privilege and we're not worthy, we're not deserving yet. He sees fit. And I'm so, so grateful for it. I'm glad to be uh, in uh, the church again tonight and uh, I want to thank uh, Brother and Sister Butcher for taking care of us. I think we quite, Ellen, not so much me, but Ellen's a real weirdo, to be honest. And uh, it, it wouldn't be easy taking care of her, but uh, they, they take care of us really nicely and we really do appreciate that. I know I can be difficult at times too, but we're not talking about that right now. I want to, um, I want to talk to you about uh, the mind, the battleground of the soul. And um, we can blame a lot of things that go wrong in our lives when possibly we ought to blame ourselves. Uh, I met... I met a man a couple of weeks ago that is a very, he's been hurt, but he's a very angry man. And uh, he's been around to a lot of churches, and at those churches, they cast the demon of anger out of him. Uh, but he's still got anger. And uh, uh, when, when he came to me, uh, I didn't feel any spirit of anger there. I just felt a man that were, had been hurt and was angry. And uh, what he needs is a renewing of his mind. If he can get the renewing of his mind, then he, God will deal with his anger. But he ha- it, anger sin. You know, when we say it's a demon, what we're doing is passing the buck. And when we say, oh, that person is sick, you know, they're, 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 they're wicked people, and we say they're sick, we're passing the buck. We're saying there's a sickness that they have, but we have to take responsibility for who we are. And the sin that is in our lives, we, I, I'm embarrassed. I'm not embarrassed. I'm going to tell you this. My, I, when our church, when I'm in our church, I blame Ellen for everything. I'm not ashamed to do that. Somebody has to take responsibility, so I blame Ellen. It's easy, Ellen, easy name to say. And uh, by blaming Ellen, it's not my fault. Now, you've got to take responsibility for your own actions. Okay, every one of you needs to take responsibility for your own actions. But in our church, they know that the only person that can escape that is me because I'm married to Ellen, and it's Ellen's fault. So my, my, my grandson, you know our kids, you know, they play church, and so my grandson this particular day, he's the preacher at home, and, uh, and he's preaching away, and he says, it's Ellen's fault. It shows she's, he's listening. But in actual fact, everything that happens to me is not Ellen's fault. I, I probably need to, take, to start to take some responsibility for, for myself. And it's easy to blame other people. In fact, you probably do it as well. But we need to guard what we're doing. And when the church, you know when I say it's Ellen's fault, the church go like this. They go like, they do not believe a word of it. And some of them actually glare at me as if I've said something wrong. 
but they understand I cannot pass the buck. You can't pass the buck. I can't pass the buck. We have to take responsibility for our own actions. And in actual fact, the mind is the seedbed of sin. It's also the seedbed of righteousness. What, what we allow to go on in here determines our destiny. And this, you, don't, you may not understand this, but this here, right here is a battleground. And you, this is the ground, this is the ground, and there are two forces. The forces of God who wants, wants us to yield our mind to Him and the forces of the devil who wants to put things in here that will destroy us. And, and so we have to be careful who we allow to gain ground in this battleground because there's two forces war, warring to gain. And if they get control, you know, when the devil gets control, especially... You know, we, when we're in the world, uh, we, the, the devil has got a hold of us. He puts anything into our brain and we run with it. But when we become Christian, we have a brand new start. And as Christians, once we're Christians, he, the devil wants to destroy us once again. And he's going to put things in there that we have to protect this thing so that we walk victorious before God. And in your strength, your own strength, you cannot do it. You need the power of God. You need the Holy Ghost within to give you the enabling power to get the victory over this thing. But this is where the war is. And uh, it may be expressed outwardly, but this is, I'm positive, this is where the war is. So that's what I want to talk to you about, and I'm off my notes again. So we'll, we might start with prayer. Father, we do pray, Lord, that you'd help us to understand Lord, um, the battleground that we have in our minds, and Lord, that we would understand, Lord, not just when we're here, but tomorrow we'd understand when pressures come, the decisions we make determine our destiny. And Father, we just pray that you would help us to make godly choices, good choices. Lord, choices that uplift and bring glory to you. And Lord, when the devil tries to dump something into our mind, that we would see it for what it is and we would not dwell on it, but we would cast it away. And Lord, that we would think on good things, pleasant things, the things that you want us to think on. Lord, speak to our hearts as we open your word, we pray. Have your way in the rest of this service, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I want to have a look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses three to 5. 2 Timothy, sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 to 5. For though we walk, walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. So we, we are human beings, but the battle we have is not a battle against others. Ellen isn't the problem. So I don't need to fight my wife or you don't need to fight your husband. The battle is elsewhere. And so we, we are not contending with people. We are, we are contending with the devil. And so uh, this scripture is telling us, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. We're not carrying a sword that we're waving around and we'll take on whoever comes against us. It, in Christianity, that's not what it's all about. We are not opposed to people. 
but we are certainly opposed to the devil. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And the strongholds, listen, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge that's your mind and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. I'm going to read it again. Casting down imaginations, that's in your mind. And every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. This is the battleground is definitely the mind. And bringeth into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So this, the battleground is definitely the mind. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So I'm talking to you about the battleground of the mind. Now, there's been, there's been a lot of battles in this world. Gallipoli, Anzac Cove. We, we, if we're older, we've probably read about it. But, uh, it was a, um, an amazing battle. It wasn't a good battle. A lot of, lot of men died in those battles. Uh, and and to, eventually we had a, a, a withdrawal from there. They didn't want to call it a, a, a retreat. So, you know, it's a tactical withdrawal. Uh, but Gallipoli is a famous battle. Uh, Kokoda Trail in uh, New Guinea. The Kokoda Trail, famous battles in the Kokoda Trail. Uh, Pearl Harbor is a famous battle. Long Tan in uh, the Vietnam, Vietnam War, Long Tan was a very famous. They actually celebrated the anniversary of it just recently. Uh, another famous battle is Armageddon. We haven't seen it yet, but it's, it's a, that's a frightening battle. If you want to read the Word of God, that's a frightening battle. Uh, uh, and uh, it's a tragic place. Armageddon is a tragic place. But though those places are famous battlegrounds, the one that we ought to be most concerned about is the battleground of our minds. And it's in the mind where eternal battles are won and lost. It's in the mind. It's your mind. If you give your mind over to the devil, you will lose the battles for eternity. If you give your mind to God you will be victorious and it will last for eternity. And the devil is definitely vying for control. I'm talking to saints of God. The world, they're lost. Uh, he plays with their mind and they don't care. But as Christians, we, have, we were baptized in Jesus' name and our sins were washed away and we had a brand new start. And, uh, and uh, God wants us to run pure things in here. But the devil puts these drips things in there. And he just puts a seed in there. And what we do with it determines our destiny. So we need to guard our minds. You need to, you need to uh, put a guard in your mind. And when, when, the Lord, when the devil throws something at you, you know, if he tempts you to do things, if some, sometimes we have battles over specific things. You know, we have successful areas, and then we have areas that we battle with. But if the devil puts thoughts into your mind that you don't need, what you need to do is start singing a chorus that, that, 
that, you know, Christian's chorus or something. Just let him know. You put those thoughts into my mind. This is what's going to happen. Treat it like it's a, it's a bell that goes off to say it's time to worship God. And if, if he puts a thought into your mind uh, and you start worshiping God, he'll give up. I'm put, tr- trying to put that thought in your mind eventually because he does not want you worshiping God. But you need to bring this thing under, under subjection. And you, you ultimately have the control of this thing. You can't blame the devil. He's trying to do something with it. You can't say, God doesn't care about me. That's not the answer. He's very concerned about you. You need to bring this thing under subjection. It's your mind. You bring your mind under subjection to God. And don't give place to the devil. If we, if we can get uh, control over our stinking thinking, then our soul will be safe. But if we allow the devil to drop things in and we pursue after those things, we threaten our souls. We threaten, what he does is he takes control of our will. And when he's got, when he's manipulating, it's like he's put a hook in our jaw, leading us this way, leading us that way. And when we, uh, when we allow him to put things into our mind, uh, we submit to his will, we, we do the things he desires. Ultimately, we have sold our total self out to the devil. And oftentimes, I think as Christians, you can think of people who were going well in this walk with the Lord and something happened and they're out in the world now. And uh, what they've done is they've allowed the devil to put the hook in their jaw and they've been led by him and they may have thought they're doing all right, but now they're outside of the house of God and their soul is under threat because of the decisions they're making because the devil has put thoughts in their mind. And it's, I don't believe it's easy to throw the hook for Christians. I actually think it's difficult. So we need to have a pure, pure mind so that he doesn't have the opportunity to get the hook into the jaw. Satan is not a myth. He's not a myth. He's not just something somebody came up with. But uh, he, he is our biggest threat. And, the, and the, the, the battles we have with him are not just imaginative. The things he puts into our minds are real things. And so we need to treat his, the threats that he makes upon us very seriously. Uh, we need to decide. We need to have a made-up mind. I'm going to have a pure mind. And the devil's not going to get thoughts into my mind. Second Corinthians 10.4, which we read before, says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds. And, uh, and God, if we allow God, He will purify our minds. He will keep our minds. He will protect us. The Amplified tells us in that verse, it tells us, For the weapons of our warfare are not physical, weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. He can, God can give us the victory. In yourself, you, can, you are no match for the devil. But if you let God take control, He will bring the victory. There's no doubt about it. But we, need to, we need to understand there's a warfare going on and you are very much involved. You are very much involved. The choices you make, what you deal with those things, uh, that is totally, totally up to you. In Matthew chapter 4, 
verses 1 to 10. I, I won't read it, but it's, I'll, re I'll read some of it, but not all of it. But this is dealing with the temptation of Jesus. And this is how the devil works. That's all I'm trying to read it to you for is this is how the devil works. Now, I, I actually believe Jesus was tempted. I, I, I think that he was tempted in all points like we are, yet without sin. Uh, and he, he is a, a high priest that is touched with the feelings of our infirmities because he understands about temptation. But in Matthew chapter 4, verse 3 says, And when the tempter came to him, this is what he said, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command these stones to be made bread. Now Jesus was the Son of God. Uh, he, were, he was actually God manifest in the flesh. That's who he was. And the devil comes up and says, if. That's the only, that's the only thing. And it's when he says, if, if you are. When we say if, if that's real, if what you just said is real, if, I'm questioning you. I'm actually putting a doubt in your mind. What, what is that word doing? It's putting a doubt in your mind. Now, that's all, that seems so stupid that he would do that to the Lord. But he, that's, that he has not got plan B, plan C, plan D. He only has one plan. It's not a smart plan, but it's smart enough to trick us. But he just puts an if into things and we stay, our mind starts to run. Well, maybe it's not, maybe it's not that way. Uh, maybe I've been hoodwinked. Oh, maybe, maybe the Lord's not able. Maybe the Lord can't do these things. Maybe the Lord doesn't care about me. Just a little word, if. And you're not aware that he's doing it, but he just drops things like if into your thinking and you pursue after it uh, like a dog goes for a bone when we need to think, no, wait on. Wait on, the scripture tells me thus and such. And I'm going to stand on the scripture and not listen to this thought, this if that's come into my mind. So uh, that's what happened in verse 3, verse 5. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city and setteth him on a pink pinnacle of the temple and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down. There's the word if again. That's his approach. And if, it's, if his approach to the Lord is like that, his approach to us is exactly the same. He's not using a plan A on God and a plan B on me. He's, it's the same plan. Verse 8, again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and saith unto him, all these things will, I will give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. The word if again. And so we need to understand that he throws these things in there, but they're not true. And we need to run with the truth. We need to stand on the word of God. We need, we need to, have to have a a positiveness of the Word of God, that the Word of God says thus and so, and that's the way it is. And when, when uh, the tempter comes, I'm standing on this. I'm standing on the name of Jesus. I'm putting th some things into action because the devil's a liar. And, and do not give him the time of day. The devil's a liar, and if you entertain him, all he is feeding you is lies. He doesn't know what the truth is. He cannot express the truth. He's a born liar. That's just the way he is. The father of lies. And so don't listen to him. When he puts a, an if into your mind, if he puts a doubt in your mind, you need to throw it out. God is altogether true. God loves you. 
You are special to God. God cares about you. God is concerned about the little things in your life. God is concerned about the small decisions of your life. I, I'm actually silly enough to think he's interested in what clothes we're wearing. What, the, the clothes you put on today, God's actually interested in them. And, and you, you look and think, I think this suits me. He, I think he probably thinks it suits you as well. He's interested in every facet of our lives. Uh, I, actually, he's big enough to do that. I really think that he cares about everything in our lives. So um, the temptation of Jesus were real. They were real temptations. Uh, this was not a game. He was, he was wanting uh, the Lord to do something that would cause him to fail. That He didn't understand the plan, but he just wanted him to fail. The result of temptation may be physical. I don't want to, I don't want to tread on corns. I don't want to tread on corns, but um, drinking's a sin. I'm not sure whether you know that, but alcohol drinking, I think it's a sin. Okay, I'm not, I'm not sure whether that's right. But okay. <laughs> so the, the, the devil puts a thought into your mind, and the outcome of that is for you to drink alcohol. There is physical actions in the temptations the devil puts in. And I understand that. But the battle has been lost before you take the drink. It's lost before that. It's, it's not, I can do it, I can go to the pub, I can sit at the bar, I can do all that. And it, No, you're losing the battle as soon as you decide to go and visit the pub. And that's why when you first come to the Lord, uh, you need to, you know, if you, if you uh, are used to having a drink every day, you need to go home a different way when you, when you come to the Lord and the Lord sets you free. You don't go the same way, so you go to the... But go, go another way. Get away from the temptation. Because once you go by the way of temptation, it's not easy. You're going by the door. I always walk in. You'll walk in again. But if you go another way that there's no pub to go past, then you're okay. The battle's won or lost way before you walk in the door. And other temptations, the things that you struggle with, you have lost the battle well beforehand. And, if, and saints of God, we struggle with things. You struggle with things. You need to get victory over them before you go into any action, before you speak those words that you shouldn't say. The battle is lost before that. David sinned with Bathsheba before he sinned with Bathsheba. If Jesus had succumbed to the temptations of the devil, it would have been declared in his actions. Okay? If the, the, the de in actual fact, I'm silly enough to believe the devil puts thoughts into your mind, but he doesn't know whether they're successful until you do something. And so if he drops a thought in and you don't play his game, he just, he's got to wait to see if that's worked. And if you do the opposite to what he's put in, then he knows that's not going to work. That's why I'm telling you, you, know, you, get, you find temptation coming your way, sing a song about Jesus. Do something. Let him know. Tell him straight away. <laughs> you didn't get me that time. And every time you do that, Satan, this is my, this is my, my reaction. And those things that 
so easily beset you, you can get victory over those things. There's no one imperfect in this room. You, you, you're not looking at perfect people. But we desire to be like Jesus. And if we desire to be like Jesus, we're not going to do the things that bring us down. But we want a solution so that we can walk victorious before him. And the solution is when temptation comes, worship God. Give him all the glory and all the honor. Now, if we, if we use the weapons the Lord has given us, we will be able to win the battles over those things that we put before God in our minds. We will be able to get the victory over them. Um, we talked about Second Corinthians 10.5, but uh, I, I want to read it again or point out. Casting down imaginations, every high thing that exalteth it against itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Uh, the Amplifier says, Inasmuch as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets up against the true knowledge of God and we lead every thought and purpose away captive into obedience of Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. We, it's us that's doing the work. Temptation comes, a thought comes, we need to give that over to Jesus Christ. God, you handle this. It's too strong for me. Imaginations. We are, we are all prone to let our imaginations run rife. And when we, when we, when we let our imaginations run rife, it brings fear and torment. You know, we, we, uh, something happens. Um, This never happens to me. I'm just trying to think of something. But uh, I come home. I come home, uh, and, and Ellen's not at home, and she's supposed to be at home. So I think, where is Ellen? And my mind thinks the rapture's come and she's gone. I miss the rapture. What am I going to do? And I become to become fearful. And uh, and uh, so you know that's what happens with imagination. Uh, and and it, they, they may be simple things, but you, our imagination, we are very good at letting our imaginations run. And when it runs, we think the worst. And once we start thinking the worst, we behave as if the worst has happened. And your heartbeat goes up and, you're, and you start to, you're making bad, they're all bad decisions, all because of your imagination. And we're all susceptible to it. But, but we need to gain control over these things. It, it really amazes me. We, when we imagine, we don't imagine good. We only imagine bad. Because it's a tool of the devil. Things that exalt themselves above God. You know, some people love tradition. Uh, many people uh, hold education to be supreme. And as Christians, we need to be careful that we don't I desire education more than we desire Christianity. Because education can get into our mind. I need, I need more knowledge. I need more understanding of things I talked about this morning. And we pursue after education more than we pursue after God because we want, we, we want to fill this thing with things when we need to fill this thing with God. 
And so uh, things like tradition, education, um, uh, we, we need to uh, oppose those things that will come above our thoughts about God. God should be supreme in our thinking. Thoughts that are not subject to God. Uh, thoughts that are not uh, edifying. It's very easy for us when somebody says something, does something, for us to uh, feel bitterness and hurt. And when we feel bitterness and hurt, we behave the wrong way. We don't behave the way that God wants us to behave. And so these things, they're in our thinking. They get into us. Ellen should never have done that to me. Why did she do that to me? And the devil's putting these things in and I'm running with them and, and, I, and I become, uh, I feel so hurt and, uh, and uh, a, a bitterness comes into me that I won't talk to her. I, I, I avoid her. We can't afford those things. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, so those thoughts that are not subject to God, we need to get them out of our thinking. And the devil is, he, he is an expert at shooting darts. It's just a dart. It's just a dart. It's almost like a pinprick. It just, and there it is. And once it's gone in, we are the ones that do something about it. We are the ones that deal with it after that. And what we do with it, that's eternal consequences that, that uh, comes into play. He just implants the seeds of an idea. And then we run with that idea. And uh, that idea will germinate and will culminate in sin. And sin culminates in, in death. Our relationship with God is established in our minds. Now, now this experience we have is a heart experience. When we come to God, this, it's our heart that we're giving to God. It's not, we don't figure this out and scientifically and figure out God does this and we just, we believe that he died for our sins. We take advantage of it. It's a heart thing. But how we walk with God, whether we're determined, ultimate, ultimately whether we're going to walk, walk with God is determined here. And we need to have a made-up mind. And living for God is the best life of all. This, there's, there's only good in living for God. God has our best interest at heart. And the things that He's done, you, you just look around and see the handiwork of God, uh, the beauty of God uh, in the creation that we see, uh, in, the, in the, the stars and the moon and the, and the trees and the right this time of the year uh, in West Australia you've got so many wildflowers beautiful things and those things are put there for our pleasure I really believe they're put there for our pleasure for our enjoyment he, the things he does are for our good they're not for our harm so we need some solutions to, uh, the, to gain the victory in our minds and Jesus said in uh, Luke 12 29 he said in part Neither be ye doubtful-minded. If you're, doubt, if you're a, a doubtful mind, you have troubles. If you doubt, does God really love me? God really does love you. But if you doubt it, you are opening up your mind to the uh, darts of the devil. James tells us in James 1 and 8, a, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So we need to be people that have got a made-up mind. 1 Peter 1 and 13 says, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you 
at the revelation of Jesus Christ. The early church was, uh, the early church's success was in part to the singleness of mind that they had. And we as individuals and as a church of the living God have to have a made up mind that we're going to live for God, we're going to serve God. It doesn't matter the consequences of what happens in my life. I have a made up mind and the devil's not going to drop things in there. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to serve God. We as a church are going to live for God. We're going to serve God. God has preeminence in my life. He has preeminence in the life of the children of God. We, if we'll have a made-up mind, then the devil, he's got a problem. And you, we need to encourage each other. Hang on to God. Serve God. Walk with God. God loves you. God cares about you. Have a made-up mind and encourage each other because we don't want the devil to be able to get darts in anybody in the church. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. And what are the weapons of our warfare? The Word of God that was implanted into our minds. Deuteronomy 6, verses 6 to 9. You, it would not hurt you to memorize Scripture. Now, I don't know whether the pastor asks you to do it, but you ought to decide that you're going to put Scriptures into your memory. And uh, you young guys, it's not hard to do. You can find it easy. For us old people, it's harder to do. But we need to be people that want to get God's Word into, into our hearts. And the way to get it into our hearts is to memorize. But uh, the Word of God needs to be implanted in our minds. Deuteronomy 6, 6-9 to says, And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thy house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes, and they shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. Now that's talking to Israel, but he's saying you need to get them. Actually, they wore them on, on their foreheads. But he wanted, he didn't really, he, he, he was happy for it to be on their foreheads, but he wanted them to get the Word of God into their hearts. And uh, we need to get the Word of God in, into our hearts because when temptation comes, it's no use deciding, well, I better get home now and I'll start looking up the Scriptures and I'll get out a concordance to find out what I'm supposed to do. When temptation comes, if we've got the Word in our heart, we can apply the Word of God to the situation right then and there. We... we yeah, you may expect your pastor to be uh, good at the Word of God, but he expects the saints to be good at the Word of God as well. Uh, and and uh, this, this book is a love letter from God to you. This book is a treasure. And it does no good if it's just sitting on the bench. You ought to have some desire to get this into your heart because this is a big protection against the temptations, the wiles of the devil. This is a big solution. And if you, don't, if you don't hold it in high regard, if you don't desire to get it into you, you're not getting a weapon into your life that you need to overcome the temptation of the evil one. The renewing of our minds is another one that is mentioned. The renewing of our minds through the cleansing work of the Holy Ghost. We need, God, the, we need the Spirit of God to continually be afresh in us washing over us. 
And you know, if we let God move in us, and when temptation comes, the, what the Lord does, He says, Philip, I don't like that. I don't like, I don't like uh, this, this thought that you have, uh, this desire to do that. I don't like it. He convicts us. And uh, we, we, we need to move by the conviction of the Holy Ghost. But if we don't have relationship with God, we don't have any conviction of the Holy Ghost. And yesterday's experience isn't actually enough for today. I need a relationship with God today. So the Holy Spirit in us is a, does a cleansing work in our lives. Romans 12 and 2 says, But be not conformed to this world. We read it before. But be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It's done through the Holy Ghost. It's the work of the Holy Ghost. Another thing that, that gives us victory is uh, if we will put on the mind of Christ. And uh, Philippians 2 and 5 tells us, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So the Lord wants us to have godly thinking. Put godly thoughts in. Ha have the mind of Christ, not, not the mind of Philip Hogman. That, that gets you nowhere. But the mind of Christ, work on the fact that we think, what would God do? What would Jesus do? How would Jesus deal with this? What, 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 what move would Jesus make? Start thinking and seeking the mind of God. God, direct me. God, lead me. So that I can have that mind. He says we can have it. God, I need the mind. That mind, which was also in Christ Jesus. And... Uh, Another thing is thinking on good things. He expects us to think on good things. And Philippians 4 and 8 tells us, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. So he's warning us, it's, the scripture is telling us, your mind needs to be saturated with good things. While you're thinking good things, bad things can't come in. And so uh, when, 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 uh, when you're thinking, when your mind, you have control of this thing. Control what you're thinking about and think on good things. Think on pleasant things. Think on honest things. Think on just things. Think on Jesus Christ. And you'll pretend while you're thinking, you, I don't really think you can think of two things at once. Think on Jesus don't open up that door to the devil. He's... Keep him out. Lock him out. Victorious Christian living comes when we learn to put our imaginations, our ambitions, our ideas, our thoughts under subjection to God. And if I can just encourage you, live for God, serve God, get this thing in control. And don't put the blame somewhere else. And don't say, I just can't, can't control it. I just, I can't help it. It's in my DNA. It's in my nature. Don't use that type of terminology. God, deliver me. Set me free. I need to walk with you. I want to be pleasing in your sight. I don't need the distractions of these things that come into my, my mind. This stinking thinking, get it out of my life. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, brother.